it's Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me on this latest episode of Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma. This is episode 29, and we're going to talk about avoiding behaviors and why we use them as a result of trauma. I'm so glad that we're walking the path towards healing together. So just a quick reminder, I'm not a clinician, counselor, or physician. I'm a certified trauma and resiliency life coach, a certified trauma support specialist, advocate, and someone with lots of lived experience with trauma. Also, the information presented in this podcast is for educational purposes only and not meant to replace treatment by a doctor or any other licensed professional. All right, let's dive in. So in the last episode, we talked about self-sabotage and what that looks like. So I thought a natural transition would be to talk about avoiding behaviors, which can be a form of self-sabotage. So let's be clear. Everyone avoids things from time to time. No one likes to deal with negative things, events, people, difficulties, or consequences. Notice that I said from time to time. However, when we experience trauma and all of the pain that comes with it in all of its many different forms, you know, think about physical, emotional, mental, financial, environmental, social, and relational, it's just a tangle of awfulness. These are all things we don't want to feel or process, and that's especially true if we've had many traumatic things happen to us. It's overwhelming pain that we're exposed to over and over again. I mean, who wants to feel that? So over time, we shove down and bury that pain. We hide it deep within ourselves so we don't have to deal with it. Avoidance is like an emergency coping response that we develop. When we feel helpless and vulnerable, avoidance gives us a weird sense of control. We also bury our trauma so we can just move on and keep functioning in life. Along with this, we may also begin to consciously or unconsciously avoid people, places, events, situations, and things that we associate with those traumas. For example, if you're bitten by a dog as a child, you most likely will develop a fear of dogs. You then do everything you can to avoid being around or even seeing dogs. You could develop a hatred for dogs. You could even avoid going to a friend's house because they have a dog. It makes sense you have a traumatic event, develop a fear, then do everything that's within your power to make sure you are never bitten again. Often, however, what begins to happen is that we use avoidance as a coping skill. We avoid anything that might be scary, new, challenging, or unfamiliar. We put things off. We procrastinate. We wait to the last minute until we're under some sort of deadline to get things done. 
We are so used to bearing things that aren't comfortable for us that we apply it to everything. One thing that many of us as trauma survivors have is all or nothing thinking. It's either one way or the other. There is no middle ground. There's no shades of gray. So in using avoidant behavior, instead of avoiding just the situations that caused us trauma, we avoid everything. Our avoidant behaviors can cause us to feel disconnected, not only from ourselves and our surroundings, but sometimes from reality as well. We may not even feel physical pain. This can lead to self-harming behaviors like cutting. In an effort to have some control, we might develop eating disorders. We also might overcompensate and develop OCD-like behaviors. We can become overthinkers and overplanners. We might also use substances as a further way to avoid feeling. We also are big on doing anything and everything we can to distract ourselves and shift our focus. Do you ever grab your phone and just start mindlessly scrolling? We all do that. Or binge watching TV shows or YouTube videos? Me too. I grab my phone and just start blindly scrolling through social media and videos until I stop myself. And I have to really think about what it is I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Another thing we do is we also avoid any type of conflict in a big way. Anything that deals with disagreeing with another, standing up for ourselves, or being assertive feels wrong and scary. So we just don't do it. Also, if there's a possibility someone might get mad at us or find fault with us, nope, we're not going there either. We then might begin avoiding anything that's distressful and that causes us fear. Our world can become small. We might not feel safe in the world. So we have very few relationships. We isolate. We miss out on so much in life. And yet we wonder why we can't just be happy. I have always been the queen of avoidance. It has been my go-to coping skill throughout my life. With all of the layers upon layers of traumatic events I experienced, I stuffed down my trauma and I thought I was fine. I thought I didn't have any issues. I kept myself so busy trying to be perfect at everything as a wife, as a mother, an employee. I never realized that I was trying to outrun my trauma. I didn't have time to think about, feel, or deal with it. Over time, I began to shut down even more. I shut off my feelings and emotions. And as I got older and my children grew up and moved out, my world became smaller and smaller. I became frozen, trapped, stuck in an awful cycle of avoidance, and it impacted every aspect of my life, my physical and mental health, my relationships, my work, my environment. I felt completely helpless, guilty, and ashamed of myself. It's that self-destructive spiral that just goes on and on. 
So avoidant behaviors can really snowball and get worse over time. And like I just mentioned, it can impact our ability to work, our finances, almost every aspect of our lives. We are trying so hard to control our lives, to keep ourselves from pain, from being hurt again, that it becomes this huge wall, a barrier to the outside, to life. We create this illusion of safety for ourselves. Only the known is safe. Everything else is a threat. But as we continue to avoid things that really need our attention, like our finances, for example, this can lead to serious issues. For example, if we spend money we don't really have, we can end up being overdrawn in our bank account. If we don't pay our bills, they might compound fees and penalties, so we end up owing even more money. It's a vicious cycle. Avoid negative consequences, avoid more negative consequences, on and on. These kinds of things also reinforce negatively how we see ourselves, how we feel about ourselves. We don't feel capable, smart, self-confident, or sure of ourselves. We question everything about ourselves. The deeper and deeper we get into our avoidant behaviors, the worse we feel. Each negative consequence makes us feel helpless, out of control, and brings us a feeling of failure. And at the core of it all is fear. We are scared to death of being hurt again. We've been through so much. We don't ever want to feel those things again. We're also terrified of making mistakes, of failure. We are so afraid of being afraid that we don't even try. We feel stuck, frozen, trapped, unable to move. We feel helpless, powerless, out of control. Under all of that are the behaviors we developed in order to cope with our traumas. They were survival behaviors that served a purpose at that time, in those moments. But now they're holding us back, keeping us from everything that life has to offer us. We need to remember that in this moment, we are safe. What is facing us now is not what we were facing in the past, back then. Our feelings and thoughts are just that. They're reactions that our mind has developed around things that have happened to us. The facts are that we did go through some awful, terrible, painful, life-altering and traumatic things. And yes, we were hurt in many different ways. So we found ways to survive it and get through it all right up to this moment. Survivors of any trauma are a testament to the absolute strength and resiliency of the human spirit. When you even look at trauma through the lens of history, all the way up through current events, human beings are capable of amazing things in the face of adversity and trauma. We are beings who want to live, to succeed, to thrive. We want connection, community, a tribe of like-minded and supportive people. 
When we're born, we're a clean slate. We have no preconceived ideas, no biases, no prejudices, no guilt, no shame, no judgments. We are primed to learn, to grow, to be curious. We are full of infinite possibilities. The limits that come to us are created by so many things, but we can learn to remove those limits, tear down those walls we've built. We can open ourselves to our own limitless expanse, reprime that natural need to connect, to try, to thrive, and not just survive. Is it easy? Absolutely not. It takes work, patience, and lots of self-compassion and self-care. We know things aren't working the way they are now in our lives, and we want to make a change. It takes stepping out of that comfort zone, taking a step towards the unknown, the unfamiliar. It's uncomfortable as hell, and we'll automatically throw up those old, well-worn survival patterns of avoidance. But in learning about our avoidant behaviors, why we do it and what it really means, it can help us to create a new plan, a new strategy. We really can change the unhealthy into healthy, negative into a positive, limited to limitless, impossible to possible. We start small, one step at a time. You can't change things overnight. It takes time. But we'll get there, I promise. We'll work together, and I'm with you every step of the way. So this is where I'd like to close us out with a new exercise, something we can add to that mindfulness toolbox we're building together. Remember, you don't have to do this now, or at all if you don't want to, but you might just listen and tuck it away in your mind for future reference. This is a writing exercise. Before we begin, if you'd like to try this with me, please get a piece of paper, a notebook, even a sticky note, and a pen or pencil. If you're like me, you could even type it out in a Word document on your computer. Whatever way you participate is fine, as long as it works for you, That's what matters. I'd like to invite you to find a place that's quiet, calm, and as free from distractions as possible. If you'd like, you can set the mood, light some candles, put on some quiet, calming music, burn some incense, or use some of your favorite essential oils in the palms of your hand. Rub your palms together and then breathe in that scent that you love. You are in a safe space. You are safe in the moment, in the now. We always start with our mindful belly breathing. Breathe slowly in through your nose, your belly naturally pushing out as you inhale to a count of five. Hold your breath for a count of one. Then slowly exhale out of your mouth. Your belly should naturally move in as you exhale to a count of five. Do this 
five times. To begin, I would like you to think about what might be weighing you down. What is it that's weighing on you the heaviest right now? When your mind goes to what is stressful for you, what is it that comes up first for you over and over? Write whatever that is down. It can be a word, a thought, anything. Next, I invite you to think about this heavy thing and write down what it is about this thing that is causing you stress. What effect is this thing having on you? Next, think about what you have done or are currently doing to deal with this heavy thing. Identify what things you have done. If what you've been doing to deal with it is to avoid it or put it off, then write that down. That is what you've been doing. Next, looking at what you have done or are currently doing to deal with this heavy thing. Can you write out your thoughts as to whether these seem like healthy ways to deal with it, or do they seem unhealthy to you? Why do they seem healthy or unhealthy to you? Write down what you think. Next, looking at this heavy thing and your ideas around it, What are things that you can identify about it as being within your control? Remember, we only have control over ourselves, our actions, reactions, and responses. We have no control over others. Next, write out what is not in your control in dealing with this heavy thing. Next, go back to what you wrote out as to what is within your control with the situation. Look at the things you listed that are in your control. What is one small first step you can take, one action you can complete in order to deal with it? After you have made your plan, and taken this first step that you've identified in order to deal with this heavy thing that is weighing you down. What is something good you can do for yourself as a reward? Something just for you. Something healthy you could do. It could be something small, something positive. Perhaps starting a step in a new healthier routine that is supportive for your health and well-being. Something I've started for myself that has been immensely helpful is beginning my morning with a gratitude routine. I use an app, but you don't have to. You can start by just thinking about or writing down three things you're grateful for in the morning. Keep a notebook or journal next to your bed. Make it easy to do. 
sometimes just those small changes can pave the way for bigger change. The app I use is called Gratitude Self-Care Journal by Hapjoy Technologies. It gives you different prompts daily, has an affirmation section, daily Zen section, and you can even create your own vision board with photos. It isn't completely free, but there are a ton of highly rated free apps that you can use. You could also use your own basic phone tools like Google or iPhone tasks and reminders to create your own unique prompts. Be creative and put together something that speaks to you. You can even create your own collage in your photos as a type of vision board. For example, you could put photos together for your dream vacation or dream career. Put together a collage of family, friends, or pets. Another idea is a collage of sayings or quotes that speak specifically to you. I hope this exercise was something you found helpful. Like I keep saying, it's just another tool we're adding to that mindfulness toolbox that we're building together. That toolbox is something you've created. It's there for you to use. So whenever you need to go to that toolbox and pull out a grounding technique, a coping skill, anything we've learned, do it. I also take each exercise portion of every episode and put it to beautiful music and video and upload it to my YouTube channel, Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma. Please like, subscribe, and share widely if you like what you see and hear. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. And please keep on listening. Wherever you listen, please like, subscribe, favorite, follow me, and share widely, please. And what you think is really, really important to me. So comment on the show, let me know topics you'd like to hear, anything that's on your mind. You can find me on Facebook at Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma, on Twitter, at Carrie Walker 58 and my website, InvisibleWoundsHealingFromTrauma.com. Look for my new episodes dropping every Monday on all of your favorite podcast, music, and listening apps. Please take extra good care of yourself, and we'll talk soon.